Day after the Super Bowl, ready to go. Talk some Michigan. As always, here on the Maze in Blue Review. Ready to kick this off on a Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Lots of different things to talk about with Michigan. That has stayed consistent. And when you have a transition with the coaching staff, it's only natural that you'll have a lot of things going on, a lot of balls in the air. And Michigan certainly does. We'll get to the coaching search, the staff for Sharon Moore as he's looking to Phil, especially on the the defensive side, get some thoughts on the the Super Bowl from a Michigan angle from last night. But we will start with the departure of one of Michigan's recruits from this past recruiting class, and an athlete, linebacker, edge, uh, Jaden Smith from Charlotte, North Carolina, put a heartfelt post out on thanking everyone and but saying you know i think he said it was the hardest decision he's ever made uh, but he asked out of his national letter of intent so the 27 signees michigan has uh, 26 and i took to twitter and saw people are like oh there we go this is it you know they this part where what about the continuity? You know, maybe Michigan should have hired someone else. And I kind of get that from other schools and certainly rivals. I mean, that's what they kind of live for anything to you know, take a shot at you, but it's Michigan's own fans. And I was in a discussion with one over the weekend that said, yeah, but you know, the coaching staff, which we're going to get to coming up, this wasn't how it was supposed to go. Uh, Harbaugh swiping all the coaches and you know, players leaving. And you know, he said players. This uh, Smith, Jaden Smith, is really the first one. The long list of other guys and, and C.J. Stokes and, and Joey Velasquez who's going to walk on at Ohio State. I mean, he didn't play at all at Michigan, and you know there was there was going to be some attrition, but none of those guys were really figuring in the two deep and that's why they were on the move. So there was going to be some, some portal most portal moves. Now that's how I look at it. And the gentleman that I was in a discussion with was like, well, they should have been maneuvering for Kalen DeBoer. And if you look at, and I've heard that a few times now, it wasn't just from this, this guy in the thing about Kalen DeBoer is, yeah, I mean, he would have looked like a pretty good candidate if you didn't want to go, with Sharon Moore. Meanwhile, DeBoer, like Michigan played DeBoer in the national championship in Washington on Monday, January the 8th. Michigan had their national championship parade the following Saturday. So that would have been the, the 13th. But DeBoer was already hired. He was hired on that Friday, the 12th. So you're saying that you would have needed ward manual to be working behind the scenes to say you know we like sharon more and but no we're going to go with a guy that we think is more proven we're going to go with DeBoer, and we're going to hire him even before jim harbaugh has made a decision about going to the pros or not they hadn't even had the the chrysler a party yet with the national championship celebration at the chrysler center and remember the, the day before, it might have seemed like uh, wishful thinking at the time, and you might you know, say something even harsher now, 
But there were a lot of people who thought that not only Jim Harbaugh, that but J.J. McCarthy was going to come back and that they would announce it potentially after the parade at the Chrysler Center. Now, I didn't like to rain on anybody's parade, certainly. Snow on anybody's parade, the way it was going, how cold it was that day. But I did tell everybody that I, I, I thought that both of those guys would end up going pro. But there, there still was, as much as I thought that, and you probably thought that as well, there, there still was a chance that, that Harbaugh, like it, it might not have worked out with the Chargers and, and even the Falcons. It, it you know, like it kind of didn't work out. Not kind of, it didn't work out with the Vikings where they sat down and it just, they couldn't come to terms and that he would have ended up back at Michigan. So you, DeBoer was out of the mix. And all the other coaches, so you could say, well, what about a national search? They could have gone with the other coaches. Sure. They could have got Leipold from uh, from Kansas, uh, Drinkwitz from Missouri, uh, the P.J. Fleck at Minnesota. These were the names. Uh, Brian Kelly from LSU. And you can say, yeah, Kelly would have been great. Well, Michigan would have to take it. Michigan, if they were interested in Brian Kelly, everything that they believe and everything that they have been uh, saying and working for when it, it comes to NIL and how they're running the football program, they would have needed to take all that and just throw it in the trash and say, okay, we're we're Wild West like everybody else. And you could have said, that's right. That's what they need to do. <laughs> so you could add a point there. But that was never going to happen. And with these other guys, those guys might end up being – better coaches than Sharon Moore. And this, this tape that I have right now is going to be here forever. And so in two, three years, maybe Drinkwitz will, will be this fabulous coach. And you'll say, yeah, and you were saying Sharon Moore was a better choice. I'm saying that Sharon Moore has as good of a chance as any of those coaches that I just mentioned at succeeding at Michigan. Plus, he deserves the job. He was here. Uh, he's been through that, uh, been through it with Michigan, and he deserves to get the nod. Uh, I mean, you say based on what? Based on his coaching uh, at Michigan and helping them win the national championship. And then I would also, people don't like the word continuity right now because it's like there has been no continuity. There Actually, there has been. If you would have bought any of those other coaches in, all of the coaches on the Michigan staff would have been gone automatically. You want to say that maybe, you know, like Ron Bellamy, we would have, Ron Bellamy maybe would have stuck around or, you know, pick one other coach. That happens sometimes. But no, you would be brooming all of those guys out and bringing in a new staff. Uh, that might have been attractive to you. It, this wasn't the idea that Michigan was going to lose this many of their coaches, especially on the defense side, the defensive side, but they have, but you know, th then you get to the players. And as of right now, uh, you have Jaden Smith, the uh, athlete out of Charlotte, North Carolina, who is hit the transfer portal. And I would think, I mean, like, I don't, a lot of times people don't like to hear 
the the negative parts and then it happens and then then you deal with it but up until that people don't like to hear it i think you could still expect a little sorry attrition there there's can be another player or two and how many who knows but if you would bring in another coach from the outside i, I would think that there would have been double figures of players that were in this 24 class and uh, another handful of players that you have in the two deep for this upcoming year that would have been gone. And so continuity is still there. I just say it because I hear a lot like Michigan, they hired him for continuity. Now everybody's gone. That's not true. People keep saying that and it's not true. They could have done a national search and, and brought in Kalen DeBoer. No, they couldn't. That wasn't going to happen. Yeah, but who thinks one of these other guys who have had experience and they could bring in their own, their coaches and bring in some players? Okay. You'd have, you'd have, were you really ready to shuffle that deck? I mean, I'm not saying you could not have done that. I mean, obviously you could have. I'm saying that more to me, as if good a chance as any of those guys is succeeding at Michigan and he deserves the job. Now, do you agree with all of that? That's what I'm saying. Scott is saying that uh, Carter Smith is gone. Yeah, I didn't see that that Carter Smith. He is a a quarterback commitment from the twenty five class. I did not see that. So, if that is the case, now that's a that's a big loss, Scott. If that is the case from Michigan's recruiting class for next year, I mean, there's there's still quarterbacks that are out there and that one is a little bit odd maybe the the kid wanted to play for harbaugh but you you're still talking about a complete entire cycle where you can go out and and get a quarterback so that's what i am looking at Scott is being a little negative on it. We basically have no chance of defending our national title with what is going on. Uh, well, I don't, ag- I don't agree with that, Scott, but if Jim Harbaugh was here and you still had all of the, whoever, you know, you're lamenting the loss of, it was going to be very difficult for Michigan, even with Jim Harbaugh, unless JJ McCarthy, I mean, what are we talking about? So this is one of the sky is falling type feedback approaches that is along the same line. And I get it. I get it. Like you should have realized, I should have realized it more when Harbaugh left. I I think I, I realized that it was, that was a big loss. He's a great coach. He was like, you know, if you don't want to say he's the best coach in college football, you know, he's the second best coach. Uh, he's up there. So that was going to lose, leave a gaping hole. When you have one of the greatest coaches of all time leave your program, it's going to hurt. And you know, every time that Michigan has lost a staff member, it it has felt like, um, you know, somebody has snatched your soul a little bit and that like this thing is like completely falling apart. And I understand that it's, it feels like that with recruiting as well. And, and, you know, you're talking about a recruit 
from next year. Like there, there's more recruits. I, I get that. When you lose one, it feels like everything's going to hell. And then you get a couple and you're like, hey, we're back. I like, you gotta, it's a real roller coaster. You gotta hang in there a little bit. This is a, a, a little bit of uh, hyperbole from Scott. Michigan basically has no chance of defending our title with what is going on. I I am not uh, I am not in this uh, in this particular um, line of thinking. I am more like with David saying, guys, a few will exit. We will also pick up a few. Relax. That's it. Well, people don't like, you know, like relax. You know, the Mason Blue Review has a posting board. It's called the Den. And there were a few over the last couple of weeks, threads of people really freaking out, like Scott, like oh, this, this isn't, this is terrible. You know, like the sky's falling type thing. And then there are people like, hey, you know, you got to relax. Like, there, there's always going to be a uh, a real hypersensitive uh, fans. And where do they? What are the real hypersensitive fans go? They go to message boards, or they go to talk radio if they're allowed to go on there. And then you know they go nuts there. Measured, kind of like taking the long view, or let's relax, and, and you know. It's not as much fun to listen to on the radio and and people like uh, kind of knee jerk reactions, but I'm going to, you just got to, I'm going to balance it out. This is, this is a little bit, you know, sorry for saying, you know, over the top. We basically have no chance at defending our national title with what is going on. Like, uh, all right. Let me ask you this, Scott. Do you think if Jim Harbaugh or would be Michigan be sitting here if Jim Harbaugh was back, they would have what? So they'd have their the recruiting class. And and if you're lamenting a guy that was a quarterback that was going to be he was a baseball player, fine prospect, and he might end up being great, but he wasn't going to start as a and nobody was talking about him coming in, uh, not this upcoming year, the following year, and starting as a freshman. He's a he's a big time a baseball player, pitcher. And it was the thought was, you know, uh, a year or two there. So, you know, if that is, and I haven't even seen that you're, you're saying it and maybe it's true, but one player, a, a three-star athlete from Charlotte is not something where you need to sit around and start freaking out. I mean, would I freak out? Did I freak out a little bit with Clink leaving? I'd say a little bit. It, if Michigan goes out and this is it, like I like Clink, I do. I wanted him to stay here, and I, and I get that a, a feeling of that. You know, Michigan is taking a step back without him now. Uh, Corey Parker was the longtime head coach at River Rouge, and then went into the college game a couple years ago and he's been down at Toledo and he's had some success there. Looks like he could be a nice guy. I'm not saying he's going to be clink, but he is from the same area. And also from this area, that seemed like he would be a pretty good without knowing his personality. Clink. I liked his personality and I liked him as a coach so I can get and same thing. I liked Alston as a coach as well. So those hurt. 
Junior is patiently looking forward to learning about the renewed winning culture at Michigan under Coach Moore, dominating the line of scrimmage and better recruiting. And he puts smash. Scott says nobody who really follows the program thought either Harbaugh or JJ were coming back. I don't agree with you, Scott. I think that I didn't, but I think half of the Michigan fans, and maybe it's just, uh, it, maybe it was just wishful thinking. There's nothing wrong with that. But I don't know. Like, there were a lot of people who thought that that both of those guys had a chance. And I'm thinking if I thought, you know, there was even a sliver of a chance. I thought maybe there was a sliver of a chance. And I did even entertain the thought, like, as people were telling me, like, uh, JJ's a different dude. And, you know, he's he could come back. And, you know, Harbaugh, you know, the, the NFL is not really him. You know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, there was that chance, Scott. Some guy named Steve Deese and a Milwaukee paper just reported that Michigan has signed Greg Scruggs. Well, I think that this is um, something that was looking like it was going to happen. Uh, Scruggs, the defensive line coach, one of the defensive line men from Wisconsin yesterday had put out a broken heart on his social media and Scruggs was expected to be in Ann Arbor today. So, and, and looking at the terms, so that would not be a big surprise if that is the case. So there you go. Thanks Bimba for the for the update. Shadyville says he likes more, but I don't think he deserves the job. He hasn't proven himself worthy of running a program like Michigan. I think he can be successful, but he has zero track record. Well, that's always the rub when you're hiring a guy that does not have head coaching experience. But I would ask you this, Shadyville, let's look at who we think the top I don't know, three, four, five coaches are in all of college football right now. I guess I will give you my list because I don't know exactly who you think are, but I think Lincoln Riley is one out in USC. And at Oklahoma, he his first head coaching job, he was on the Oklahoma staff, and then he rose up as offensive coordinator, and then he was named head coach. A, a similar type path like Sharon Moore. And it worked out great for Oklahoma. I think the best coach in college football now that there's no Jim Harbaugh, that there's no Nick Saban, I would go to Kirby Smart at Georgia, who was not a head coach prior to getting the job at Georgia, but he just worked under a great coach in Nick Saban as a defensive coordinator. And then he went to Georgia. Best coach in the game. A similar type path, although he didn't stay in the same program, but did not have that head coaching experience that you're talking about that you desire. And then who would I put? Uh, Double Sweeney from Clemson. He was 
a player at Alabama, and then he worked his way up through the Clemson system and then was named the head coach of the Clemson Tigers. Those are the top three coaches in college football right now. And that's how they took the path that Jerome Moore. There's there's two ways to do it. You can start out at the lower level and then work your way up into the group of five, and then you can land a major job, maybe like Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer did a little bit of that. Didn't he go to Fresno first? He was at Indiana, then he went to Fresno, and then he went to, to Washington. I understand that level of, hey, you do it here, and then you do it the next one, and you get, you know, that, that, okay. But there's two different ways to skin a cat here. So this part about you don't think he deserves it, he absolutely deserves it. And he has proven a lot. And if there was a coach that was sitting out of there, like, so Shadyville, who would you have hired? That's the question. You can say, it's not up to me. It's up to Ward Manual. Well, I think in this case, Ward Manual, Ward Manual doesn't do a very good job putting his side of, um, of the story out there. And, you know, he, he constantly gets smashed around by smacked around by, by Michigan fans. Some of it is um, deserved. Some of it's not, but he doesn't help himself out, but he got the Sharon Moore Ascension. Absolutely right. Oh, here we have um, Jake. I don't understand what he's talking about. Yeah, it's there's not going to have the combination of of wink and clink. Dave talking about Fred Jackson being on the team. Uh, Fred Jackson was an analyst this year, so you're saying that you would like to see him uh, be promoted to running backs coach. Richard is really wondering why Wade didn't have a no deconstruction clause. Uh, is this Ward and and no uh, and a clause that you couldn't take coaches with you? Is that what a deconstruction clause is? I'm not familiar with one of those. Would more have left with Jim Harbaugh if we didn't snatch him up quickly? No, no. I think that if Jim Harbaugh did not, let's say, let's say Jim Harbaugh stayed here, I think Sharon Moore would have got a head coaching job somewhere else, like Jesse Minter uh, took a job. Je Jesse Minter wanted to go to the pros. Sharon Moore wanted to be a, a head coach. I think he would have taken a job somewhere else. So I don't, I don't think that he would have been, that he would have gone along um, and he would have been the uh, offensive coordinator for the Chargers. No. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. Somebody asking me to interpret some things. I don't know. Scott meant Jaden Smith. So wait a second. So, <laughs> all right. Scott at first was talking about Carter Smith, who I thought he was talking about a quarterback out of uh, of Florida, 
it was a commitment for 2025. But no, you're talking about a a three-star athlete from Charlotte. And you're saying, so that is giving you the idea that Michigan has no chance of defending this national title with going on. That is a little bit, it's not a little bit, that's way over the top. Like you might be right, you know, with the coaches and a cumulative effect of everything that's going on, but that they're, you know, that they're not going to have a great chance at defending their national title. I'm going to give you the reasons that Michigan is going to have a difficult time defending their national title. And even if Jim Harbaugh was here, and number one is going to be the quarterback position. Maybe Alex Orgy, maybe Jaden Denegal, maybe somebody else is going to step up and is going to be the the deal for U of M. But they have to replace not only the, the quarterback, the most important position, they have to replace their entire offense with the exception of Colston Loveland. You want to stretch it and say that because he had five starts, Miles Hitton, that they only have to replace nine. Okay. They got to replace 10 out of 11 on offense, including the quarterback. That is going to be difficult for any team to defend their national title. That's where you start. Number two is Michigan is playing. It's just a hook. They're playing Texas. And they're not conference. No more uh, East Carolina, UNLV, and BG. Texas is coming in in the non-conference. And then you know who they start out with their first game in the uh, with the schedule this year? It, it's not, what was it last year? Rutgers. It's USC. And then a couple games after that, they're going to Washington. And then they're also playing Oregon. And they have to go to Ohio State. That's the second reason that Michigan is going to have a difficult time defending their national championship. The losses that they've had on offense and the schedule. I could come up with another 10 reasons before I got to a three-star recruit that hit the transfer portal. Come on, Scott. Scott had me thinking that the uh, a quarterback had uh, decommitted. There you go. Shadyville asking if Sharon Moore made a mistake by trying to force Joe Cullen to commit too soon. Well, in my mind, no, but I didn't want Joe Cullen. I didn't think Joe Cullen was a good fit for the college game and for Michigan. I didn't think Joe Cullen was uh he was he's an nfl guy I, go then calling the college game i think that would have been a mistake for michigan who was trying to establish a culture and everything with Col- no i didn't like that now if you think that he is a better defensive coordinator or would have been a better play caller than link martindale then i guess you could make it you know have you been watching what everybody's been saying about the staff you, you want to get your staff together. He was always going to have to wait till after the Super Bowl anyways. How much longer did you want to wait? What are we doing here?
<laughs> Mr. Martini is talking about Carter Smith is solid. Don't scare me. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I was just reading the feedback, and so I sit here, and sometimes, like, I do look at what's happening in college football and the latest news, and with Michigan. But when Scott, who I know is a big uh, college football fan, he's not like a, a troll, even though today he's he's uh, he's fired up. You know, he came on and was talking about Carter Smith being a big loss, and then he's talking about you know defending the. Uh, defending the championship is Michigan has no chance with what's going on. I don't know. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> with what's going on. Woo. Scott's coming back in. He's not unrealistic. I would like to win three or four in a row. Well, if you would have, if, if Harb, like I know you said, then nobody that follows the program thought they were coming back, but, it was fun for a, was it a day or two to think that maybe those guys could have come back. It's kind of like when you you buy a lottery ticket, you're not really expecting to win. But what it does is it gives you you can just daydream. It's fun to daydream. You got your ticket, you you put your dollar in or how much ever lottery tickets cost. I don't know. I don't play it, but and I have, you know, in my life. And you do it and you think, wow. What would I do with 420 million? It's fun to think about. It was fun for 48 hours to think about what if Jim Harbaugh and JJ McCarthy come back? Michigan could be a dynasty. That's fun. That's why I didn't get all uh, up into everybody like, they're gone. You You might as well light your uh, ticket on fire. You have no chance. You have a better chance of walking outside and getting hit by lightning and run over by a car than you do at winning the lottery. It's like, look, let me just enjoy me daydreaming about winning $400 million. (laughs) Here we go. That's it. I'm sorry. Why am I, what, what am I speculating about? Sean talking about Parker is a home run hire. Look, Corey Parker, that's it. Like, if we come back to Clink, I loved him. I'd have run through a wall for him. His players would have. uh, I wanted him to stay. He gone. Corey Parker, River Rouge, for 12 years as a head coach, knows this area. Southeast Michigan, out of contacts, goes to Toledo in Ohio for two years. He's had good success there. He is a shining star, shooting star, and shining star. He sounds like he would be a very good hire. So, yes, I am agreeing with you, Sean. You're saying is a home run hire. Just like some of the other names like Sterling Lucas, the linebacker from South Carolina. He looked like he would have been a good hire. Scruggs, who looks like he is going to be hired as Michigan's defensive line coach, looks like a good hire. That's it. Somebody sent me a message earlier that a former Michigan linebacker coach in um, Brian Jean-Marie 
who had gone to uh, from Michigan to Tennessee that maybe Jean Marie would be returning to the maize and blue. Richard says, shocker. Michigan will have multiple losses. I'm not ready for that yet to do any of that, but let's see. Dave is saying coaches and players come and go. Michigan is always Michigan, averaging nine and a half wins. So to average that, you have to bring some great years. You have to have some okay years, very bad years for over 144 years. It'll be okay. Now, that is an exceptionally long look at – but there's some truth to it is, you know, with Michigan. But we've also seen – that's why where I'm at with, with Michigan – Prior to last year, and certainly prior to 2021, the way that the game was being played with the SEC, and I'll include Ohio State, and then I'll go out west of you know the the new Big Ten partners and teams with the USC and Oregon, and how they were operating, they were they were not following the the, the rules, and, and it was. It was tough to think about how are you ever going to compete with Ohio State and the SEC and all this. It is a dirty, nasty game. And so Michigan, if they could just make a run, could they beat? They needed to beat Ohio State here and there. Even if Ohio State was, you know, bringing in every single player in the world. You know, then Harbaugh. Harbaugh did a lot of things starting in 2021, brought a lot of different coaches in. And then uh, after he got his contract and it wasn't like after 2020, again, speculation, but this is what I believe on my part, that most fans, most media, most former players, if they were the athletic director in 2020, they would have fired Jim Harbaugh. Word manual didn't. Good move. Uh, but he did, which a lot of people didn't like, uh, you know, cut his contract after the fact. If Jim Harbaugh, more than likely, if it would have been somebody else, he wasn't getting a head coaching job after 2020. No NFL team was going to hire him. Who was going to hire him? I mean, maybe some group of five. It wasn't like some, uh, like any power five, any top 25 team was going to be looking and saying, oh, we'll bring Jim Harbaugh coming in after 2020 he would have most likely gone to baltimore to be an offensive advisor and then he, i think he would have been able to get back and, and he would have been a head coach oh what was my point is that he he decided all right we're gonna the way we're gonna do this is we're going to get physical it's gonna be a running game and we're gonna have to out tough ohio state we're bringing back uh, the, and they changed defenses and they went after it like that. And they continue to like they had since the day he came in with satellite camps and uh, uh, foreign tours. They continued to look at the rule book and said, hey, what can we do to take this right up to the edge and work around some of these rules? That's what they were doing. The point, and it's I think it's a long one I'm making here, is that if you want to stay on top and try to win multiple championships, you have to you have to fight fire with fire. 
How are you getting players? How are you getting five stars? How are you getting the best coaches? Money's one. And now uh, NIL in there, but with Michigan's approach, they're still, and, and NIL, remember, worked fabulously for U of M last year. So they're in the transition, but it's not going to work now like it did last year. That was always going to be the case. So how they adjust with NIL, as I sit here, looks like it's the biggest challenge moving forward. Not bringing in a coaching staff. They'll be able to bring in great coaches. It's being able to compete to get players. And I like being able to identify them, the, the Michigan way, uh, getting in a in a small skit. Look, I think it was uh, Sharon Moore. He was with um, Pat McAfee. And McAfee says, how can you find guys that are dogs that fit the, the Michigan trans, uh, transformational profile, not the transactional one? And he had said something like, "There is there a um, is there a plethora of them out there?" And he said, "I don't think there's a plethora of them out there, but there's enough." Uh, Michigan has hired a general manager now for their their football operations. They're they're doing more in recruiting, but you know, are they going to be able to use this approach of transformational? and not getting involved on the transactional side. I know I've said the same thing. You probably do other people that follow Michigan say the same thing. They should. Is that's it's where it's at. It's the it's the truth. Maybe some people are just waving their Michigan flag and saying let's go blue. But that's part of it. If they want to really continue to compete Herbert was the biggest loss to me, a big loss. I agree with that. I didn't, that came, it didn't come out of the blue. I, just, I took it without, without really knowing that I didn't, I didn't know that Herbert was to Harbaugh like uh, Biff Pogey was. He was the consigliere and he, he was his right hand man. He believed in him. So I, I, I knew that he liked him. But I bought into what I heard a lot of people say about Ben Herbert and, and the strength and conditioning aspect in the pros. Everyone said, nah, they're not that big of a deal in, in the pros. These guys, they all have their own trainers. Strength and conditioning coaches are non-factors, basically, in the pros. And in a college, they're everything. So I'm like, okay, he's staying here. But I agree with you. Out of everyone, I think that is the biggest loss. Uh, we got a little, uh, Mel Tucker talk. OT doesn't think that Lincoln Riley is in the top three of coaches. Shady puts Brian Kelly in the top three. Corey Parker would be a home run hire. I'm there. Andre's better late than never getting in, asking why no wink and clink. 
I think Clink wanted to call plays as a defensive coordinator. And then Wink came in. And when Wink came in, then Clink was like, I want to go, I want to go to the pros. But then it didn't look like necessarily that that Jim Harbaugh was going to go after Clink. He tried to get um Jordan Kovacs, the former Michigan captain who was down with the Bengals, but the Bengals refused the interview and promoted Kovacs to DB coach. That's the way it gets done there. And so then Clink then, who came back to Michigan, it was like, all right, maybe his hat was in his hand or whatever else. I'll stay here. Then Harbaugh was like, okay, well, now we will go with you, Clink. And so Clink was out. I don't know. That's how I see it, how it was a fluid situation. At first, it looked like it was going to be Clink, and then Michigan went with Wink, but then it looked like it was going to be Wink and Clink until Clink got the offer that he wanted. That's it. Richard thinks the new offensive coordinator is a question mark, Kirk Campbell. The reason I am thinking about the offensive coordinator being having a chance to succeed is that Sharon Moore, as the offensive coordinator last year and working with Kirk Campbell in all of those meeting rooms, and then before that as Campbell, as an analyst who came over from Old Dominion, He has seen him up close and what he can do. He's not just hiring a guy from outside or hire, you know, he is going with somebody that he has worked with side by side. And, you know, when you work with somebody like, man, boy, this guy's sharp. Whoa, this guy is, this is the, and, and he tabbed him. So that's why I like him. JSE. Let's be real. Moore was the OC of a very bland offense the past three years, and yes, they won. But all big wins came on the back of that D. I don't know if Moore is the right guy. Yeah, well, the whole thing about the the bland defense or the, the bland offense, and you did put it in there, yes, they won. Yes, they won. Yes, this is their identity. This is how they are choosing to play football and win football, and it worked for them. I didn't criticize Sharon Moore for what he did against Penn State, running the ball 32 straight times when uh, Penn State had the number one scoring defense in the country, and you know Blake Corum ended up running for 145 yards or two touchdowns because they had Blake Corum. And in the first half, when they did drop back to pass, it looked like J.J. was going to get killed. A couple of those guys that are going to the NFL were flying right in on him, and it didn't look like a good idea. So he adjusted in-game. That was a good move. But I think this is the one thing I like. It reminds me of watching the Super Bowl last night. You know, the first quarter and second quarter, It you know, the commercials sucked, but they have for like 10, 20 years at least 10 years. But 
Was the first half of the Super Bowl boring? Yeah, why? Because there wasn't any scoring. Oh, running the football. And, you know, you want passing and you want touchdowns. And, you know, that's what you want. I, I get that. But this part about um, you don't know if Moore is the right guy because they won the last three years by running the football is, you know, what am I going to say about that? I, I get where you're coming from. I believe there's a lot of people that feel like you, but. You, I think that they should be going after the best offensive lineman and the best running backs and seeing if that is going to be able to continue. But the idea of having a really good defense for three years, yeah, that, that's got to be part of it too. Hard to stay on top. What did you want to do, Jay? Should they have – this is the million-dollar question. So if Moore wasn't the right guy, who was the right guy? Was it really Brian Kelly? Is that what we're talking about? Is that what Colin Cowherd, you know, he made this – uh, presentation about that's who Michigan should go with because Kelly is uh, a top five college football coach, certainly a top 10 guy. And you, you do get excited about a coach who throws the football. Kelly likes doing that. Look at, he, he had the Heisman trophy winner last year, but what you had to do is you had to take Michigan's complete and entire philosophy, crumble it up, throw it in the trash, Take all the coaches who had been successful, not all of them, but the more and the, the ones that they had here. Also, broom all of them out and go in a completely different way. Now, when Carr was done at Michigan and Michigan went with Rich Rod, this is what they, they did. And at the time, I said, that's the way the game was going. It was going with what Rich Rodriguez had you know, offensively. Now, Rodriguez wasn't a good fit. He never got his trigger man at quarterback, and he he refused to uh, emphasize anything with the defense and special teams. The only thing he cared about was offense. That was his downfall, a bunch of things. Bad fit, no defense and special teams, and, and no quarterback. Or Rodriguez may have been able to have some success. But the idea of going to – spread and throw the football all over from the way Carr was playing football was a good idea. That didn't work. Is that what you're advocating in others as we sit here right now after Harbaugh was gone, that they should have said, let's burn this down, start over something else. I don't think so. I would not, if they were asking me and in some ways they are asking me, about Michigan football and philosophy and the direction that they take. I think this direction is the direction that they should have taken with Sharon Moore. I'm going to repeat something that I've said now about four or five times, just on this show. Kalen DeBoer was hired by Alabama before Michigan even had their parade. So he was never getting hired by Michigan. Jim Harbaugh, whatever you think of him, you want to say he held him hostage until January the 24th. If Brian Kelly is your answer, I'm telling you that this would have you, and, and maybe that's how the real, yeah, that's how real football and, and uh, real power plays are made. But 
Kelly is pretty close to bringing in Urban Meyer. Also a great football coach. But Urban Meyer is not a good fit for Michigan. Like People might laugh at, you know, he's a bad fit. He would never come here and everybody hates him. And it was never going to work that way. And he was a great football coach. Kelly is the same way. Brian Kelly does not fit at Michigan. Now, if you want to tell me that's a problem with Michigan, you know, it's being stodgy or whatever, I, you could make that case. Right here, right now, this is the right direction. Even with Jaden Smith, the three, if we're going to get freaked out by a three star, Leaving the program, I don't know. People are not going to be able to handle it. What the heck? I can't imagine what would happen if they really lost. I hope they don't. I don't know. Are there people getting banned for doing the horns down? You guys might know more than me. JSA says we had a five-star soon-to-be first-round quarterback, and he never threw for 3,000. That's not looking good for the future. Mm. Well, if he gets picked in the first round, I think that looks good for Michigan. They had a guy come in, and and J.J. McCarthy, and didn't throw the ball every down, yet still was able to go in the first round. Would J.J. McCarthy, like I'm making it sound like it was 100 years ago, but with how name, image, and likeness is working right now, would J.J. McCarthy come to Michigan if NIL, Michigan's approach is now, and, and McCarthy was a high school senior? It's a legitimate question. I don't know. Look, Jaden Davis, a pretty highly rated guy. Uh, highly rated guy. You know, he fell as a senior as the uh, as the analysts got together and didn't like his uh, measurables. Carter Smith, who's been mentioned on this show, who Scott was telling me that was transferring, <laughs> everything was falling apart. Quarterback recruiting is pretty important, though. I, I'm with you on that. I don't want to make it. I, I I believe that you could be watching this, saying, "Man, this guy is just this guy's completely just selling the the Michigan way. This guy's sucking up to Michigan." David says Michigan still has the pieces. Nobody should be calling for multiple losses. Sure, it could happen, but really, might not. I'll entertain that particular question. Let's go to the multiple losses theory. They get a really tough schedule and they got to replace all the players, but can Michigan beat Texas at home? Texas is pretty good. Quinn Ewers is their quarterback. Pretty good defense. Can Michigan win that game? Yeah, they can. 
USC's at home, Oregon's at home, you know, the Ohio State game. Two losses? If I had to say right now, over and under, nine and a half, as somebody put up there. A three-loss team, is that going to be able to get you into the college football playoff? Playoff? Yeah, there's a 12-teamer now. You might be able to get in there at the tail. I don't think you want to be, I don't think you want to plan on losing three and then hoping that you somehow are able to grab the the 12 spot. Mm. It's a little too early because right now, if Michigan brings back this entire defense that they have, I think they are going to have a chance at at having a pretty good team. I'm, I'm with you, David. A little too early to be talking about three or more losses. Sonny, what are your thoughts on Corey Parker? I like him. What's not to like? What he is, you know, I've never interviewed him. I've never listened to him talk. So I am going to go based on what I have seen on his resume. Uh, Toledo has been a good football team. He's been there for two years. He's been the DB coach, specifically the corner coach. They've had some good corners. And his influence on those corners and what he's been able to do and the success of that team, I would think that are they're um, connected. How much? I, I don't know, but he's he's got that going for him. And then, of course, when you're a head coach, it's – why I like Ron Bellamy so much. I like Ron Bellamy because he played at Michigan. I like his family and and I've talked to Ron Bellamy before he's got charisma, but he was a head coach and, and he's got that pizzazz that you're looking for when it comes down to being able to communicate and, and, and be that kind of leader. And Parker was a head coach at River Rouge for 12 years. I like that. So I like it. That's, that's my thoughts on, on Corey Parker. Shadyville says there will be at least three losses, Texas, Oregon, and Ohio State. Yeah, and but if you're telling me, like, you know, so Michigan – They've got Texas and Oregon at home. Yeah, those are the three most likely. I agree with you on that. But it's again, we're are we talking about with everybody coming home? Here's here's KRB. Sounds like Sharon has an interest in being Brian Jean Marie back. I just like saying Jean Marie. But yeah, Brian Jean Marie was was here and was a pretty good coach, and they could do worse than Jean Marie. <laughs> All right. Let's go we'll take a few more here. Dalton Smith. Smith's been a big name today. Carter Smith, Jaden Smith, Dalton Smith. A playoff appearance or win against OSU or certainly both would be a huge achievement 
and lead to a dynasty of success under this new coaching crew. Well, wait, if you could give me, I'll, I'll take a playoff appearance. I was going to say I'll take a playoff appearance over a win against Ohio State. And I, I was going to say give me either one, but if I could pick, <clears throat> of course, I'd like both. That would be nice. Beating Ohio State one more time would just be, I don't even know. Yeah. I think back to just 21 and in, in how much it meant just that one win against Ohio State. And I thought, this is, this is it. This is what it's like. This is, this is heaven. And then for them to do it again and again, it's just, it's really for me, if you guys would have known me, Prior to 21, I was ranting and raving and screaming and always about Ohio State and how Michigan couldn't beat them. And you know, right now, man, I kind of just feel like I feel like enjoying this ride a little bit. But yeah, now I'll take a playoff appearance over a win against Ohio State. Obviously, they'd like both, and it not only would be a huge achievement. Yeah, and this is the goal. As we sit here right now, the goal for Michigan is to get both of those. Calvin says the problem wasn't cutting his contract. It was not re-extending it after he won his second Big Ten title. Well, Calvin, depending on who you believe, it takes two to tango when it came to that contract. And... The Harbaugh Network has done a great job on getting to you and others about and Michigan was slow playing them or anything else. I believe that Harbaugh was playing both sides of the fences on, on the contract. And it wasn't so much that, you know, he, he wanted the new language, but he didn't want it, everything to take effect until right around uh, – Right around till now, February, I think it was February 15th, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I'll sign. I want all that deal, but let's get it going February 15th. Can you imagine? You at least have to consider. And then you might be like, I hate, you know, Michigan. They did them wrong and all this. If you're like this kind of thing. You have to at least entertain the idea that Harbaugh was stringing along Michigan because he may have wanted to go to the NFL. He did go to the NFL this year. Last year, after saying the previous year that he wasn't going to the NFL, he talked to two teams. And then obviously he did talk to the Vikings and damn near went to them. So a lot of times you can't do this with everything, but in this situation, Harbaugh to the NFL Look like a duck. It was quacking like a duck. It walked like a duck. It's a duck. Jim Harbaugh was going to the NFL. Yes. Uh, he's asking out of the athlete from Charlotte, North Carolina, part of the 2024 recruiting class. He is asked out of his national letter of intent. And I read his apology, not on the air here, 
but I read it before hitting the air and he thanked everyone. Uh, Sharon Moore, uh, all, all of the different staff, uh, a very a well thought out and very, very nice letter that he posted about why he wanted to go out of his uh, national letter of intent. And then he is, he's open. He is, he is open his recruiting up. So yeah, that is what we're saying. Dave, Jim can't win a Super Bowl at Michigan. Get it in your head. Zero chance for a Super Bowl in college. True. So what's Richard talking about the Super Bowl? I said I was going to talk about the Super Bowl. Let's do it here. So I think he means Moody. This is an extra point off his ankle. And it turns out it may have been the difference in the Super Bowl this year. I hope the young man recovers from it. Yeah, I, I think Moody's going to be okay. Look, Moody hit a two, he had a 53 yarder. And at the time, a, a, a quarter later, it was broken 55 yard Super Bowl record field goal. And he had to make big kicks in that game. And sure, because of how it was looking there, it was a big extra point miss, no doubt. And at first, when I saw it, I couldn't tell. But when Feely was like, yeah, that's on Moody. I think you he recovers from that. It wasn't like he was um, Scott Norwood at the end of the game, and Scott Norwood was not able to ever uh, recover from that. But I think that that Moody should be able to, considering it wasn't a the very last kick and and all of that kind of stuff. Moody. Okay, I'm going to take three more on the feedback. Andre says what Michigan needs to transform at this point is their NIL. I agree on that. Shadyville says Michigan is full of hypocrites. They also believe in using NIL as an inducement for some players. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, we don't know exactly how Michigan approaches it. We do know that some of the – what they have said – publicly with Harbaugh, the whole thing was, it was a, as we know, transformational, not transactional. And I do see it. And it's a lot of alums, but they don't want Michigan to be involved. It like, it feels dirty. Even if all the, even if it feels like most of the other programs do it, I, I thought, I thought it was half, uh, approach and another half that he really didn't want. They, they did think about doing it at the back end and it worked great last year. Didn't work so hot this year. No, it's a big factor. What was the other thing I was going to say on it? Maybe I'm forgetting. I don't remember about being full of hypocrites. Yeah. I don't know, Michigan fans, Michigan overall with NIL. I don't know. Here's what I believe about Michigan and the NIL. I know I've got different collectives, and I know there's a lot of people that work hard behind the scenes, and they put a lot of effort into getting Michigan 
on the way it's running right now and in 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 doing it with a with a Michigan approach, a transformational approach, and they they want the players to be rewarded and all of this, and yet it it does feel like um, and there's it feels like there's a lot of people that are that are happy with Michigan's approach. They don't want to promise the players. I I look at it. I've always looked at it like if you want to really play with the SEC and Ohio State, you are going to have to fight fire with fire that way. And but and I don't know if they really have or they did a little bit or whatever, but I always thought that they were going to have to. And now and then it seemed like Michigan kind of lost that argument for the years that they're like, no, no, we are not going to pay players. And everybody's like, who cares if you pay them? Nobody cares. No, 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 because it's against the rules. And then it was NIL. Then it became even easier to do it. And then they were still like, no, 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 we're not going to do it. Everybody's now, not only is everybody, nobody cares. And it seems like everybody's doing it. Hell, I listened to the Paul Feinbaum show just the other day for a couple minutes, and uh, Feinbaum's like, Ohio State's buying every player in the book that they can. And the guest that was on there, or it was, it could have just been a caller, he was like, yeah, and it's legal to do it. And Paul's like, yeah, it is legal to do it now. It's like, is it really legal? Not really. But in Virginia and in Tennessee, their attorney generals are saying, in fact, that you should be able to do it. You should be able to promise players money up front. It's America. It's antitrust not doing it. And that's that's a big deal. They're saying that right now players that are on Michigan should be able to players that are on the roster, they should be able to entertain the highest dollar. Anybody that wants to give them anything, they should be able to communicate it. And they should be able to go and take the money and they should be able to get it promised. It should not be against the rules. I know it is. And they're saying the same thing with recruiting, that this is what should happen. Is is Michigan ready for that? Are you ready for that? Here was my point about Michigan. I do believe, I know know the size uh, people always point out, and I think it is true about the, the size of the alumni across the country. They always say, you know, if everybody just gave 10 bucks, just imagine, you know, the kind of bankroll. But then the fan base is one of the best or biggest, and I'll say best too, biggest and best and alumni, one of the biggest and best in the world. So you do have that. If you can find a way to connect that, alumni, fans, former players, and figure out how that, dollar is getting into the hands of the player and to the football players and the football program. That's the job because then Michigan, if if we're talking payroll, Michigan is like the Yankees or the Dodgers. Michigan doesn't have to be like the Tampa Bay Rays. Michigan is the Anaheim Angels. They are big market. They should be able to have money hand over fist compared to these other teams right there with them. When you think about the television contracts, you think about the city, the the, the greater area where Detroit is involved with this college town. 
Michigan has everything. So if it is getting down to paying the players and getting the money from your fans, they should be armed and ready to do that. And then they should be able to compete with anybody. I hope it gets to a point where they say, and I know this has been talked about, where the university is the one that gives the NIL money to the players. Because then, ladies and gentlemen, Michigan is like the Yankees and the Dodgers rolled into one. Because then they have a gigantic stack of money, and then they have all these players, and then the five stars are going to start rolling in. That's what I hope. That's where I sit. Today I thought that I would just come on and I wouldn't talk for that long, but here we are talking for a long time. I'm going to look here. Eric, this is for somebody who was, I, I think I'm a little bit behind, but the guy that was talking about, you know, boring and nothing offensively. This is a good point. Eric, you should have been on the show with me. Michigan was number two in scoring and number 14th nationally and number one in defense and won the national championship. I know, but people have a good point. All right. SW Lion 26 thinks we'll see more creativity from the offense with this new coordinator. I wouldn't mind it if they were having the success to just continue on. But I hear what you're saying. Things change. Dave likes Texas and Georgia because of productive returning quarterbacks. Me too, Dave. I'm right with you. Those would be my my top two teams. Uh, we! Hey, David, I just like uh, when I uh, when I see the name and I then sometimes can say the name, there's nothing wrong with a little French connection at Michigan. Okay, that's going to do it. We are on the Maze and Blue Review talking like we are right now all of the time. And what we have for you right now is the opportunity for you to join up and get involved all day, all night, for free. Go to michigan.rivals.com and use the promo code. I love this promo code, NATCHAMPS24. That's NATCHAMPS24. This offer is valid for a limited time. You should get in there and try it out. You'll love it if you're a Michigan fan. I guarantee it. I like going on there. Talking with Michigan fans. We're doing a lot of this. We'll come on and say the, the world is ending. You'll say, wait a second. No, maybe not. And then we get into it. But that's it. Thanks for watching. Smash that like button. If you ever leave a comment on any of the podcasts, that's appreciated as well. That kind of pushes us up the the lists where those uh, podcasts are all ordered so all of it helps thanks so much if you are someone that has done that and we will talk with you on wednesday till then everybody have a great rest of their day bye